Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cumanera, an Experience Points podcast, or an all-queer cast Numenera podcast. I'm Kenny, the cast member who plays the lovable and simple lad Hillian. If you love our show, we hope you'll rate us and review us on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Every review makes Kelric, the GM and producer's eyes, sparkle and helps new listeners to find us. We don't pay to advertise any of the podcasts on the Excorians Points Network, so we hope you'll recommend us to your friends and just about anyone. Did you know that we had a Patreon? We are grateful to everyone who's already become a patron. You keep our mics on and our dice rolling. We've got some great rewards, so check them out at patreon.com slash Points. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Hello and welcome to uh, Humanera. We are playing Numenera, a Monty Cook game to tell our little story, which we are having a blast with. I'm Kelric. I'm your narrator who is attempting to be competent today. <laughs> and with me is my fabulous cast. <laughs> Why don't we go in order on the screen, which would start with Aaron. Hi, uh, my name is Aaron, and I'm playing Rylu, a graceful glaive who speaks with a silver tongue. I use they them pronouns, and so do they. What's up, y'all? I'm Cage, and I will be playing Charlie, who is a strong-willed nano who talks to machines. Uh, she uses she, her pronouns, and so do I. Howdy, howdy, howdy. My name is Kenny. Uh, I use he, they pronouns, and I play Hillian Jossa, an earnest jack who howls at the moon, who uses he, him pronouns. I also use he, him pronouns. For pronoun usage, if we can call each other out, and if I introduce an NPC, if we can do an in-game thing where one of you asks what the appropriate pronouns are that might be helpful because it seems i don't know an organic way other than through dialogue for that to come into play oh i mean i mean as a suggestion just as the narrator you could say they use he him pronouns or she her pronouns or i could but there's no way for your characters to know that without That's asking and it trains us all for when we are in conversations to just naturally ask the question. Does that make does that make sense? Do do we think mm -hmm. that sounds like a good idea? Creating a culture of normalizing asking pronouns. So who would like to remind us where we left off? Uh <laughs> You would, Kelrick. <laughs> My memory would indicate that the last time we get got together, we had the three of you getting the news that the Order of Truth has basically blamed you for destroying a <laughs> Numenera creation device and a portion of the Aeon Priests think that you need to be thrown in jail, some of them think you need to be killed, some of them think you... The punishment should fit the crime is how many of them are looking at it as you know, they are studiers of Numenera there is a small group that you know just says they want you to come in and have a discussion meanwhile Gaston has said it's probably best if you just avoid everyone in general <laughs> until you know things quiet down and has provided you with whatever you need to get on the road 
So you're just packing and leaving. You've, you've, you've gone shopping and you are all set to go. You did have some outstanding questions about items. Like I think Cage had been asking about a specific book. And can you remind us what that was? Yeah, it was going to be a book on tinkering with Numenera. Yes. And so um, as a parting gift, Gaston would have had one in his library and given it to you. And Gaston uses he, they pronouns, which is why sometimes we'll say he, sometimes we'll say they, sometimes we'll say his. All of them are appropriate for Gaston as well as his, their uh, partner, Pegbrook. So did anyone else have anything else they wanted to do before we left? Because you all, it is the, the morning of the day that you're planning on leaving. You have your anines. I think you had decided to go off on your own rather than be around others, but... I, I believe that was correct. All right, so I have thrown up a map of mm-hmm. the area of the Baladena Forest. You all are starting in Ephraimon, which is mm-hmm. this lovely big circle because it's the capital of the Baladena Forest. And you are heading up towards Druisi because that is Cage's hometown. And hopefully as you travel, you will get a better sense of where you wish to end up. Heading vaguely northeast through the forest, which you know most of the dangers of at this point. Cage would be very familiar with them. There are Jurassar in the forest that you have seen Seskis. Uh, you did run into, you know, a few other creatures. So you know that the trip is likely, you know, fraught with peril. I mean, slightly challenging. So <laughs> I have Nils' backpack. Do we know what's in that? Like, I'm assuming I've gone through it by now. I think we emptied it out at one point. Yeah, oh, did you, we? We already emptied out and went through it. Classic. In, in my mind, I am open to y'all describing it however you want. Uh, so hamburger backpack, hamburger, hamburger backpack. <laughs> in my mind, Nils uh, was a bit like out there, right? They were one of the trusted lieutenants of Taverna, so it's well. it's not like they're gonna be going around looking shabby, especially trying to sell a map for 3k shins. I mean, there is a bit of a part you have to appear, I would think. You know, I want to be honest, they might have been a lieutenant, but they sure died like a grunt. Boy, (laughs) how Sorry about you, Nils. Don't you worry, that will not always be the case. (laughs) So I would say that if Nils is more of an organized individual, um, it's got to be like a hyper sleek, the things that have the straps that are not a backpack, but the, the they're like the cords. And then it's just oh, yeah, a like bag a cinch bag. Oh, yeah, okay. like a cinch bag. Okay. Cool. All right. That was all I wanted to know. I started looking at my inventory and went, I have stuff in here I don't know about. That's fine. So the three of you start to head out. There's only the one gate into Ephraimon, and it's on the southwest side of the city. So you go out, and it is a normal day so the market is there your senses are immediately assaulted by the smell of that delicious soup that Hillian was so mm-hmm. desperate to get a hold of when you first came in can, can, can we go please <laughs> we, we need to leave <laughs> let's get out of here Hillian. you head off through the forest as you are going through let me pull up another map that I have 
attempted to make. There you go. Hey. Oh, look at that. Um, oh, nice. As you look at it, it is obviously completely forested. There is this brown path is basically the road you have to take. About a day's ride away is a camping spot that is marked on your map. And it is an area surrounded by forest and water. If you look at the background of the map, you can see the light blue area is uh, actually waterways that you have to uh, traverse. This is your basic path as you um, leave Ephraimon. Is there anything you all want to talk about as you go? I mean, Charlie, you do barely know these people. I think Charlie would probably be kind of quiet at first because she's pretty used to traveling on her own. And this is a path that she knows pretty well. So she doesn't really have to concentrate much on probably where she's going because she's traveled between Jerisi and Ephraimon a couple of different times. I picture Charlie to be an internal processor. <laughs> and so she's probably like almost awkwardly silent, trying to be like, okay, well, I'm bringing them to my home now, potentially. Uh, and I don't really know these people, but Tiuna, I trust Tiuna. Um, she, she wouldn't have me try to look after these two people. They're complete strangers. Oh my gosh. I'm walking with strangers and I'm bringing them to my home. And, and like, so she's going back and forth between this, like, like there's gotta be a reason Tiuna would want me to like be with these two, but also like, this is not at all like a week ago. This is not what I would, would think that, um, I'd be doing right now. And, um, so you can probably you can probably almost visually see her having this like mental battle of like what am I doing? Okay. When you have done this traveling before, I was under the, in my head the canon was you were traveling with your mentor. So knowing that you did travel this all by yourself and all of the dangers, how does Charlie prepare for that on their own? What are that what are those kinds of trips look like? And have you ridden and a meme before or did you walk what was your how did that work for you i would picture that she started off doing this trip with her mentor and as she um kind of learned and things like that that she was able to kind of identify indicators that maybe somebody was coming down the path and like i, I imagine that she'd be able to kind of identify like oh that's just like a merchant between cities like no big deal or um, like, oh, that sounds like something's coming out of the woods, you know? And so she's able to kind of have some of those kind of senses a little bit. But I, I won't say that this has been an easy trip for her to go back and forth. I would say that every time it's a, it's a struggle and it's a survival and she does worry about whether or not she's going to make it to point B from point A. Fair. Really fair. Okay. And how about the rest? Are all of you writing... Anines at this point? Are you walking them as you get, get around the city until you're ready? What's what's the thought there? Um, Rylu's definitely writing an Anine um, through all this, but they're also definitely pestering Charlie while this is happening because Rylu doesn't like not knowing things and they know things by talking. So, um, so Charlie, where is this place that we're going again? What What's in Druissi? 
As uh, Rylu is asking Charlie these questions, I, I would say my response to whether or not Charlie has ridden on Anines before, I would say that she has, but she is much more comfortable with the technical and mechanical and not the organic. So even though she has ridden on Anines before, she is very uncomfortable on riding on an Anine. So as Rylu's like grilling Charlie with questions, she's probably also like holding onto the reins and like, you know, like, oh, okay, okay, you know. Um, well, then let's uh, do a speed skill check to see oh, how no. well you are <laughs> doing at guiding your Anine. Huh? So speed check. Ooh. With a 17, not only are you doing much better than you think you are. I, I like to think that Charlie thinks they're doing a really bad job. But in all honesty, you're doing just fine. And with a 17, you get to add a benefit, a small benefit of some sort. Um, I would just say, like, Charlie is able to keep the Anine on the path <laughs> and isn't doing, like, one of those, like, like the first, the, the time that somebody's kayaking for the first time and they can't track quite right. <laughs> She's able to at least keep sort of like a, a forward motion and isn't, like, veering across the path. All right, seems perfectly reasonable. So what's in Druissi? Why, why is that place that you chose? I mean, obviously we don't know the woods, but I'm just curious what to expect. Uh, Druissi is my home. It's it's where I uh, where I grew up. Um, I, I've traveled between Ephraimon and Druissi quite a few times, but I haven't been home in, in a little while now. Um, but this is the direction that um that we were suggested to go and it's so it's the best place that i know that we could go to to regroup and refigure out maybe where our next destination might be considering how it seems like you all have quite a few people looking for you and in that case also for me now what what do we expect there is it a is it a big town or is it rather small do you have a homestead there i mean what are we walking into? The last it's, couple of places we've been haven't been the friendliest, as you know. It's not very large. Ephraimon is is a much larger city than Jerusi would be. Um, but there are establishments there, um, places where we could regain supplies. Um, I don't have a permanent location there anymore, but it would be pretty easy for us, I think, to secure lodging if we needed. And the priesthood, do they hold a big presence there? Um, not, not like Ephraimon. The priesthood, as you get further out from the city, become more scarce, but that's not to say that we won't run into folks there. Mm. All right. Well, I mean, always best to be on watch. You know, these woods, what should we be expecting? Besides trouble, of course. I mean, we'll probably come across merchants and travelers, but, um, also all sorts of beasts, creatures, and folks looking for trouble. We should make sure we remain alert, and if we can get to that campsite before um, it gets too dark, it would be best if we were able to get to a point where it would be safe to stop. How's Hillian doing with all of this? You've been pretty quiet as all this is chatter is going on around you. I think Hillian's still in a little bit of a daze. I think they, every once in a while, have like a private conversation with Jacques, and pulls little snack rations out of his pack, just kind of is listening and maybe nods along every once in a while or says, mm, yeah, cautious, mm. but doesn't really seem to be all there. Okay. Just last night, 
Hillian fed to the appropriate amount. <laughs> so are they feeling hungry again? Has that started up for them yet? Or are they... What time of day is it? It's... <laughs> It's early, early to mid morning. They're, they're heading out. It's probably not lunchtime nah, yet. That's fine. But it's heading out there. <laughs> uh, I oh think. My gosh, that all happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> you were like just a week ago, like no, one night ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, no, um, I, I don't think that cycle starts until um, sometime after midday. Okay. Does Charlie have any reservations about bringing this were rabbit who just the way they did in front of Charlie to their parents' home, I would assume? Or I don't even know if they're your parents, if you have a homestead there. I do. Well, I think that <laughs> Charlie has not thought that far ahead quite yet. She's definitely in more of a survival mode right now because she just knows that she can't be at Ephraimon. And it feels safer to her to be in a place that she is knows and is comfortable with if something like that were to happen than if she were out in like the wilderness and something like that were to happen again probably hoping that she can kind of figure stuff out along the way because it's not going to be a quick travel to Jerusi. it's not like in five minutes and we're here <laughs> absolutely fair you all travel for i don't know when do you want to have any more social interactions or are you just good because it's it this is just it's your road trip. Riley would definitely take Char uh, Charlie aside at some point and be like, we, as you said, we should probably reach nightfall before, or reach camp before nightfall. The Hillian will be transforming for the next four days. Is yeah. it a five day total? Mm -hmm. um, Hillian will be transforming for the next four days and we should probably stay in the woods during that time as well. At the mention of Hillian transforming, <laughs> uh, Charlie, because we're we're kind of like probably a little bit separate from like where Hillian is um so Charlie would be like yeah about that uh what 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 was what what was that what's what's going on with them and I in my mind we're riding behind Hillian because I feel like that's a way better idea than riding in front of Hillian and then losing Hillian so I feel like uh, Rylu has tried to take a, a page out of Tiuna's book and like tied a rope between our anines so Hillian can only stray so far. I was gonna say, yeah, Hillian would kind of be concentrating on the trail, but also like not concentrating on the trail and might veer off the side and like try to go off like a bunny trail. So yeah, <laughs> having a rope is a good idea. Yeah, I, I feel like Hillian. You are so like I was. As soon as this conversation was done, I was going to have a GM intrusion about that specifically. <laughs> I feel like for part of it, Hillian is controlling the Anine, and for the other part of it, the Anine is controlling Hillian. <laughs> and you're very much right. <laughs> so just setting that up, because I don't want to lose Hillian behind us. Yeah, uh, Hillian has an affliction. Um, I'm sure you've heard of people that have this, but... Uh, Hillian's seems to be uh, unknown, and Tiuna always thought it best not to tell him about it. Um, obviously, it's it's a terrifying thing. I mean, I'll probably be chasing him through the woods all night, but it's Hillian is a unique person, and 
uh, when he stumbled into our group, we decided to take him in. And Tiu and I always thought it was best, so it's what we've done. Yeah, it, I noticed that he doesn't seem to know. We, when you had left, um, left my home earlier, Hillian and I had a conversation and he seems unaware of what actually happened um, last night. I feel like, I feel like him not knowing, would that not make the transformation more dangerous? Well, I remember a time when we first met him that had happened and obviously we were blindsided. Um, we barely got out of there with our lives and once we escaped and we found Hillian passed out and he didn't remember anything, Tiuna was incredibly suspicious for the longest time and I think only kept him with in order to make sure that, you know, he wasn't bad news and she even tried talking to him about it once and it didn't click. It, it was like water over glass. Um, and I think after that, uh, Tiuna decided it wasn't worth bringing up again. I would also say too that like even though Charlie has seen quite a bit of like weird things working with, with her and, and traveling and things like that um, and being with her mentor like that was really frightening for her. <laughs> she did not anticipate that to happen. And um, the the behaviors and attitudes between Hillian and Hallian are so different that it's it's like you don't know what to expect next, sort of. So there is sort of like a little bit of like a fear component between her and Hillian. But she's starting to like identify that there's like almost like these two separate pieces and that as Hillian, like he's kind of a little bit more chill, but still isn't like, she doesn't quite understand quite yet how this transformation happens. And so, or like at what point does this like trigger to being like a different type of embodiment of Hillian? Um, and so there is sort of like that fear of the unknown there for her. Yeah, it makes uh, a lot of sense. Yeah. As you're traveling, uh, placed your icons on the map just so we have a visual because we do a lot of theater of the mind here but i found that it it made the road trip last time a little tedious because we didn't know where you were <laughs> in reference to ephraimon from um Adridawan. and so i think maybe just having the map as a reference point for that is uh, going to be helpful so you've been on the road for several hours at this point it's probably you know the sun is higher and the the forest you you you've kind of become used to just that background creaking noise that is the Baadenu forest i don't think it it lulls you necessarily but it definitely you know covers a lot of other sounds it might be a bit of a surprise to so soon hear water but you do hear um, there's a small pool of water it's like a very tiny lake uh, ahead of you that I don't know if you were planning on getting there so quickly but riding the Anines your travel is perhaps a little faster than you're used to and you are just coming up on this this watery water feature which 
opens up the forest more than you're used to. It's it's been it's not necessarily claustrophobic, but it's really a dense forest. We should stop and water the onions and take lunch. Uh, Charlie won't say anything, but we'll start to like prepare, like um, uh, dismounting from her anine. Any excuse to not be on it right now, <laughs> I think, would be good for her. <laughs> Have her feet on land. When when Charlie dismounts and it's just like I don't know, I'm assuming maybe like holding uh, holding her back a little bit or something. Riley just goes. Believe it or not, Killian and I had to ride some of these things out of town before coming to Ephraim. That really will kill your back. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and what about uh, Hillian? What's Hillian doing now that it's getting closer to noon? Hillian's recognizing that he's hungry um, and is going to start eating out of his pack more. I think that when he dismounts, he'll start foraging. Yeah, go ahead and you forge around. Does anyone notice or pay attention to our, our, our little... Hillian, stay within line of sight of the camp, please. <laughs> I'll be safe. Can I do, like, what do you want? An intellect roll, I guess, to try to find edibles? Yeah, that would be appropriate. Cool. <laughs> Just some stray edibles on the ground. <laughs> uh, TD4? Yeah, you totally are able to find edibles and I mean the whole point of this is that you don't accidentally eat poisons you do just fine okay good. and are are the rest of you setting up camp are you making a lunch what are you doing in this space uh yeah I think that Charlie would be kind of like she had gotten some rations before leaving Ephraimon so just kind of eating some of those but also, one of her oddities is a metallic jar that maintains the temperature of liquid inside it indefinitely. So if this water seems like good drinking water, she'll probably scoop some of that up into the jar, yeah, into her I, thermos. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say that the water is absolutely safe to drink, and you would know this having gone back and forth between the mm -hmm. many, many times. So Yeah, so she'll do that for sure. Okay, and... Rylu is doing much the same, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm upon seeing uh, Charlie fill up their water, uh, her water skin. Um, Rylu would do the same, and then, um, you know, if if we make a fire, you know, Rylu would probably see if uh, Charlie's any good at cooking because Rylu's not. Uh, but um, if not, probably just eating some hardtack. Yeah, and this is just a this is just a lunch break, so it's up to you how mm -hmm. elaborate you want to be. Um, with you all taking this time to fill up your water and do all of these, you know, just everyday kind of humdrum camping tasks. Uh, Hillian, I would like to offer a GM intrusion for you. Okay. Do you want to accept an intrusion or do you want to pay an XP to not have it? What? I can accept an intrusion, sure. Okay. So you have the one in the one XP for yourself. Add it to your character sheet, and then you will have a second one. And basically, what it's going to boil down to here is, while Cage is very busy getting water, and Aaron has joined her, and the two of you are just doing this normal task, Aaron has forgotten that. 
the way that Tiuna kept oh no <laughs> Hillian nearby was a combination of tying them to herself giving them snacks like constantly feeding them snacks not letting them feed themselves snacks but feeding them snacks and the cloak that was always flapping was mm-hmm. constantly grabbing their attention and pulling them back to her all three of these things are gone and Hillian is much as you found them just taking care of themselves and foraging as you all are doing these tasks you look up and Hillian's Amin is there Hillian is not there you're not far but you're deep enough in that you cannot be seen you no longer see Rylu or Cage so you do not see Charlie and you know you don't have a super close bond with Charlie but I do think there might be some transference from Tiuna to Charlie since that's what you were told were Mm -hmm. were supposed to so you remember them both but they're out of sight and I suppose partially out of mind okay where do you think you're going um I'm going to well what does Hillian see in that area it is a densely grown over forest there is no path you are just sort of picking your way through it looking for different things you're finding berries you find um, a few different things on your way you see a flower you are walking along you see you see this really cool looking uh, spore tree that you're not 100% certain if those mushrooms are edible or not, but they are mushrooms, which yeah. you have <laughs> thought for. So what I think happens is that I'm, I'm bending over considering the mushrooms, and Jacques scampers down my arm and snags one and then runs a little bit further off into the forest. And so Hillian is like, hey, I, I was looking at that. And um, kind of scampers off after Jacques uh, a little bit deeper into the forest. So I'm going to place myself there. Okay. So as you are scampering through the forest, there is the waterway that's right nearby. Mm -hmm. And so the view in front of you is this semi-open looking space. I mean, it's no more than, I'd say, 10 feet across where it's it's not really a pathway it's just an area where land has risen up and there's a small sort of inverted y shape of water going ahead of you with some logs across it and then just vegetation and um, i think that uh, jacques has scampered a little further away than you would like um you can see that Jacques has found this stash of white mushrooms and they sort oh of stand out further ahead of you that you know you're you're not necessarily certain if they should eat them but they do look like ones you've had before that are reasonably safe to eat so 
there's that. Um, Hillian will do another intellectual while considering these mushrooms specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, passes a TB5. Yeah, they are very familiar to you. They are very safe to eat, and you are good to go if you want to have some. Yeah, I think Killian shoves a few into his mouth and pockets the rest, but knowing that Jacques is getting a little bit further away... Come... Wait, what's your name? Jacques! As you get start going further and further away, I would like for the Aaron and Cage, can you roll an intellect check to see if you... Note it. Oh, what? oh no! No! Oh my! Rylan rolled a one. Oh my goodness! Oh, and then a free intrusion on top of one I paid for. Oh, delight! <laughs> Meanwhile, Rylu rolled a, a fourteen. A fourteen uh, passes a TB four. Yeah. Main cage. Yeah, Charlie oh, rolled a fourteen. Rolled I rolled a one. one. Oh, okay. So Charlie rolls a 14, and Charlie notices that Hillian is gone and hears them calling out for Jacques. So they're close enough that you can hear that, but it's very faint, especially over the creaking of the woods and the sound of the lapping water and just everything you're doing. You have just noticed this. Right. So I think, I don't think Charlie noticed necessarily that, that, uh, Hillian was gone, but I think that she probably heard the splashing of the water and then it was like, something's in the woods and then heard Jacques, Jacques. And it was like, oh my gosh, where did Hillian go? <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll quickly get Rylu's attention because she doesn't really understand, like, like, is this too far? Like, Hillian is way out over there. Like, I don't, I can't see them. Um, sh- should we be concerned? Riley looks up from whatever it is they're doing and they just throw their head back and they go, ugh. And like starts basically stomping, teenage stomping in the direction. Like, why does he always does this? Tina's not here to keep him in track now. I'm not going to be the one to be his mother. He is the, uh, yeah, he is a grown adult cannot do this and just like starts walking in the direction that uh i don't know if they hear it but the direction that uh at least charlie said that uh Ilian is well i think charlie though too recognizes that like leaving three nice anines on the path where people travel we're not that far away from the city so there's probably quite a few people traveling along here will go towards the forest edge, but we'll stay with an eye shot of the Anines because Ruin for her, <laughs> the travel, the transport and their stuff is kind of almost more important right now. <laughs> like <laughs> she needs to, she can jump on an Anine, you know, and like very uncertainly travel. <laughs> I definitely see the, the similarities between Charlie and <laughs> Tiuna. They must be very close. <laughs> Coming okay. from Drew E.C. down to Ephraimon, and you are far enough away from Ephraimon now that there aren't a lot okay. of people. Tra- and either way, anything the is that dangerous, so it's mostly right. caravans you're gonna see, right? So, or yes. creatures that smell our anines. <laughs> so, speaking of creatures that might smell mm-hmm. your anines, 
Hillian is making a reasonable amount of noise calling mm-hmm. out in this Jurassic filled forest for Jacques and Rylou has not pitched a loud fit, but pitched a loud enough fit mm-hmm. that your GM intrusion is going to be a not so kind encounter. Oh no. Uh, I'll find a Jurassic cover. Throw it at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, careful what you ask for if only as you are coming deeper and deeper into this forest you suddenly have come up behind you not cutting you off from the road but coming in from d- directly due west and in between you and Hillian are three uh, Chiron would oh, I want to pet it. Would anyone like to describe this beautiful, beautiful creature I have just shown you a photo of before before we discuss this any further? It's sort of like this weird reptilian-esque thing with tendons for a neck, <laughs> uh, suction cups for fingers. <laughs> um, it's sort of like this pinky, purple, fuchsia, red-toned uh, creature with large fangs and glaring eyes. So why don't we get int checks to see if any of you recognize these? And, Hil- uh, not Hillian, uh, Rylu is at disadvantage for recognizing these. Is Charlie close enough to see them? Oh, yeah. All of you see them. Okay. Hillian should do a perception check. All right, so that's going to be the... Uh, you do see them. So currently we have... Let's see, what are these rolls? <laughs> so we have a 14 from Charlie to recognize them. No, that's no, the nine. The okay. 14 was from before, I think. All right. So you have a nine. You don't really recognize these creatures. Rylu's 16, even with disadvantage, which just makes it one step harder, you absolutely recognize them. And uh, Hellion, with your 19, you see them. So with a 19, you can apply a uh, minor effect. So what do you want your minor minor effect to be? That Jacques comes running back up my arm and into my pack. Alright, that seems reasonable. Now why don't you roll uh, to see what you know, what you might know about them. Okay. So for just a regular knowledge check? Just an intellect check. Intellect, okay. Um, since I notice them, I'm actually going to apply effort. TD4? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I think Rylu actually rolled higher on this with the 16. So we will go with their amount of knowledge. So I will give you your choice of information. You can know something about how they interact with uh, humans or other beings. 
you can know what their combat style might be. You can know another random piece of information. Oh, I want to know their like their motivations for their interaction. Okay. Who's closest to them? Uh, they're between me and Hillian, right? Yes. Let me. So they are coming in from a vaguely southwest vector, sort of parallel to the road, and they are just three abreast coming at you. One of them is slightly behind. Okay. Um, so Riley would pause and just stop and go, everybody hold. Hillian looks far on the map. About how far is that? He yeah. is about 20 feet away from you, and it is for you to say something like that. If you say everyone hold loud enough for Hillian to hear you, the Chirag definitely hear you. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I would say, everybody hold. And then I would walk forward a bit and go, I know one of you speaks. Tell me what it is that you seek. Why don't we just roll percentage here to see if one of them actually does? Okay, what am I? It says one in three. That doesn't necessarily mean one in these three. (laughs) I know, but I'm going to (laughs) assume. Fair. Riley's good at words, not math. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, if it's shins on the table, I'll count it. Perfect. Yeah, um, roll those percentage dice and say high or low. Uh, it's me, but I'm feeling good today, so we're going to go high. Nope, I sure went low. <laughs> My rule is always go low. So you have run into a pack of three that do not speak a human language, and therefore they do not pay attention when you tell them <laughs> to stop and you ask what they want. They just see that you come forward, and so you have grab some of their attention. Cool. I don't know Charlie's stats, but I'm the worst target out of me and Hillian. Uh, so Charlie held and is like looking between the Turoks and Rylu, like, how long am I supposed to hold for? Because they're getting real <laughs> close. <laughs> As they continue to scuttle forward, Rylu would go, all right, maybe not these ones. All right, let's... We, we... <laughs> all right, maybe not these ones. Uh, oh. React, don't hold. Um, and R- Riley's going to pull out their weapons, if that tells you anything. Okay, yeah, that definitely uh, R- Riley is a goes, signal for sure. S- some of them speak the, uh, what is it called, the truth? That's not right. Yeah, it is. Some of them speak the truth. I don't think these ones do. Get ready. Who else rolled well on uh, Hillian? Mm-hmm. You're going to know a little bit about their combat. You have seen them. You've heard Riley say, hold, and then step forward. And then, then realize that no one's listening other than Charlie, and has pulled out their weapons. What are you doing? I have a cipher called a visual displacement device. Mm-hmm. It's here. It projects holographic images of the wearer to confuse attackers. This image appears around the wearer, gives the wearer an asset to speed defense actions for ten minutes per cipher level, and so that's a level five. So once I activate it, I have about you know a good a good while to mm-hmm. um, to help. So um, I think that this uh, this was one of the eyes of one of the iron spiders that we fought a while back, yep. and I think Hillian has it uh, hanging around their neck like an amulet, um, and so Hillian grabs it, and I imagine that you have to squeeze it to kind of activate it. <laughs> And so they squeeze this this eye, and um, it 
activates this uh, the cipher, and you see several different Hillians kind of pop into view, mm-hmm. um, and um, he's all of them are reaching for their mace since uh, for his mace since um, one of them is so close. All right. So at this point, it would be initiative rolls for everyone. Let's see how that works out. We haven't done combat in I don't know how long. I don't think any of us remember how to do it. I was going to say, how do I do initiative roll? I was going to say, is that just a straight d20? It's a, yeah, it's a speed, it a speed roll. A speed roll. Just a Can speed we apply it for to it? Yeah, you absolutely can. Okay. I got a 14. I, I took effort out of my speed pool, so that's a nine. So the way this works is you all get set to the highest initiative, which is a 14, which is fortunate because the Chirog are a 12. So all three of you get to act however you decide is best, and you all get to decide the ordering. So whoever wants to go first can choose to go first. Who has the highest speed out of all of us? 13. I have 15. I'm four, 14. Wow. Wild. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, well, well, then, yeah, Hillian's going to um, slam his mace into the nearest Chirog. Roll might to hit. All right. And they're, the TD's whatever the, the level of the creature is, I think. Correct. Okay. Um, and Hillian's going to apply effort to this. I beat a TD4. Which is exactly what you needed to beat. Awesome. Um, and... That is... Your mace is a... What kind of what? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, damage four. All right. So, so that's, it's a medium. Yeah. You have done four points of damage. You moved up and hit them. Are you doing anything else on this turn? Um, I think that... Uh, no, uh, I think that's uh, that is just fine. So you're going to stay right next to the creature? Yeah, Hillian's gonna stand his ground. Okay. And that leaves Charlie and Rylu. What will you all be doing? I'd like to go next if you're cool with that. Yeah, go for it. Cool. <laughs> um, so I am going to uh, fling one of my razor rings at the one attacking Hillian. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be speed. Um, because the razor rings are light, it's going to lower it down one step. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have, do I have anything else? I don't think I have, uh, oh, I do light. I also am trained in light range weapons. Mm-hmm. No, some, I thought, some do speed, uh, speed yeah. attack. I might've marked them wrong. I feel like throwing something is I agree. speed. So we're going to change the, uh, we're going to change that, the ranged one to speed, that you do have um, a medium blade, so that should be um, left as might. Yeah, I got those both when I leveled up, when I ranked up one. Um, so cool, I will check that. That's going to bring it down to a TD2. Yep, just need a six or better. Nine. How about a 19? How about a 19? Nice. So how much damage do your blades do? Uh, so I'm pretty sure they do three. They do a, a base of two, and then I think I have... I think you have a plus one somewhere, so we'll just... So do I. All right, so that's some not insignificant damage to this creature, and you get a minor effect. 
I'm actually just going to use that minor effect to add... Uh, is it still alive? Well, I guess I don't need to know that first. I'm going to do three extra points of damage to it for my minor effect. Ooh, very nice. Okay. That Chirog is beat down. Like, you have done some significant damage to that one. Don't hurt my baby, Hillian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're... Uh, what kind of damage do you think you're... Uh, between the mace and your, um, I want to call it a razor wing. What's it called? Razor ring. Razor ring. Between the two of you, this Chirag has come up, and what kind of damage does that look like? Like, you have taken this creature almost out. I can't believe it's still up, honestly. <laughs> um, I know for Rylu, I'm assuming that... Um, you know, Hillian did what Hillian did, and Rylu threw the blade, and it spun and just, without being too graphic, went across the neck area, and that's why it did the nine points. It just happened to land there. Very nice. And I'm assuming Hillian just took a swing and hit it full on in the uh, snoot. <laughs> the snoot. Yeah. Like, teeth went snoot. flying. Like, this thing is you can definitely see the damage and it's really wobbly really scary slash sad sounds of pain it does not look like it is interested in fighting anymore yeah that one is looking real real rough so what's charlie gonna do do the other two look like they're still interested in attacking us one of them their eyes have started to glow a fuchsia that matches their skin tone they look super pissed from what you can tell. The, is it the middle one or the one closer to me? The one in the middle. The one that's okay. closer to you is reacting to the cries of pain from the other one and it's kind of stuttering in its movement. Like it doesn't know if it wants to keep going towards you or go over to its compatriot to see if it can help them. Okay. So the one that uh in the middle then that looks like it's still kind of enraged I'm going to use Onslaught, the physical form one, which I just have to be able to see it to do. Um, I don't actually have to be in melee with it. Mm -hmm. So it's an intellect roll. The difficulty is it's a TD4. Do you have anything to drop that down? Um, I can apply effort. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll probably apply one effort to that. Oh, shoot. Not 20. Hey. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. Okay, so yeah, you do your physical uh, onslaught, which does four points of damage. To it sure does. This one, you also get a major effect. You can either do another plus four damage or something else super cool that you want to do. I mean, I feel like I might just go with just like the plus four damage because this one still seems pretty angry. And if I can hit it like really hard in one hit, I feel like that might make it rethink whether or not it wants to continue attacking us. <laughs> okay. Then... So I'll do the extra damage. Oof. Yeah. Ouch. Goodness. It is still standing. So now it is the Chirog's turn. The one that you that Charlie just hit is sort of stumbling. They look dazed. Your onslaught. What did that look like? So I think this is the same attack that I think I used to take out Nils? Question mark. <laughs> and 
I think the way that I described it then is probably what this looks like now, but because Charlie uh, talks to machines, Onslaught, she'll kind of do like this, um, like she'll be able to like bring the nanos together to like physically damage the creature. And so I think the way that I described it last time too is like, it looks, it's it kind of has like a similar feel to like the Iron Wind, but like not at the same level, obviously, as the Iron Wind. But like, it's just basically these like nanites that are like devouring like the creature in a way. Ooh, that's a really interesting thing. For the Shirog, they're abhumans, so they're not just creatures. They are smarter than most abhumans. And one of their defining things is they despise the Numenor. Even more than killing humans, they enjoy destroying the relics of the past. Like, the use of Numenera and ciphers and anything like that is going to really draw their ire. Now, the first one that you hit is barely capable of crawling. You've done so much physical damage to it that it does not have the will to continue fighting. All it's thinking about is, will it survive? <laughs> the first one is going to start moving away back where it came from. The second one that you hit that was all enraged, its eyes are still pink, but now they're a little glazed. Like, you took this one from 12 down to 4 hit points <laughs> in one hit. It is wobbly, but it knows that basically you use Numenera against it, and so it is still angry. And you hear this sort of pained growl from it. The third one reacts very quickly and charges over at you specifically, Charlie. How rude. Attempt an attack. But the other two are going to move away. This third one is going to attempt to grapple you. So fun. if you could do a speed defense, mm -hmm. that would be uh -huh. fantastic. Uh -huh. This is going to be a uh, difficulty for speed defense. And I'm able to apply a level of effort to that, oh, correct? Absolutely. Okay, cool. We're going to defo do that. Speed roll. Ooh, oh, not yeah. bad. Roll 16. You easily dodge out of the way. It comes at you. It is it is attacking you because it was told to, but it is very focused on the other two escaping. And so because of its split attention, you are able to deftly move out of the way. Its teeth did snap at you, and it looks pretty scary. Back to the three of you. What are you going to do? Hillian is going to kind of close distance between uh, Rylu and Charlie. And I think he'll, if you'll allow him to pull out his bow and take a shot. Totally. Cool. He's going to do that range. He's going to apply effort. Yeah. So you shoot this, you shoot at this thing. Okay. And we'll see <laughs> how that works. Oh, yeah. TV6. Yeah. You absolutely hit them. And a bow does two points of damage. Four. Four. Okay. So, yep, that, that that hit them real good. Where'd you hit them? I think that it trying to body Charlie and missing, um, I uh, Hillian takes the opportune shot and 
uh, probably hits them in their torso area. Yeah, so the way they they have like two almost arm-like appendages that they walk on on the front and then two what look like alligator legs for the back. <laughs> I think as they were charging and sort of jumping at Charlie, you hit right in the armpit area on their left side and it 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 really hinders their movement going forward. Hillian will say, oh, wh why does this always happen? We go out in nature, we just get attacked. Nature sucks, that's why cities are good. <laughs> Cage, do you want to take the, the fight or do you want me to? I like the idea of, Cade, uh, of Charlie reacting as this thing is charging right at you. Yeah, so she also has a razor ring and I think like as it's coming up to her, she'll probably like quick wield that and try to slash out with that. All right, roll it. Ooh, oh that's a 19 on the die. Spicy. TD7. Okay, that also, does that does your razor ring also do four points? Or does no, I think it's two or something like that. It's two. Yeah, it's okay. two. So you do two points of damage. You have the option of doing three more or a minor effect. I think that she probably would do the extra damage because she is being like attacked by this thing and that All would right. be the most like survival I think thing to do would be to do any attempt to get this thing off of her. Okay. When you dodged, you dodged to the left side of the creature and Hillian is on the right side. So Hillian shot it in the armpit on the right. You've got your razoring out and you just slash at this thing. Tell me what that looks like for you because that is that is a significant hit. I don't think that Charlie is aiming for anything in particular other than the creature. Uh, she's not usually, like when it comes to combat, she's not usually a melee type combatant. And so it was very reactionary. So she dodges this attempt to be grappled and quick pulls the, the razor ring out and just kind of does like a one of those like 360 spin move kind of things with like her arm out and just happens to like I think slash like like a major like I don't I don't know do you think these things looks like their arms maybe kind of have some little soft spots on them yeah and so probably like basically dismembers like one of the arms from this creature uh, I don't know that I would say well, okay dismembers but basically it, I think <laughs> you have damaged its other forward arm okay. really badly significantly and so its movement is super curtailed and yeah it just screams in pain when you do that which all of you may not remember in the heat of battle but there are Jurassic friends <laughs> these here woods so this level of noise perhaps isn't the best Rylu, what will Rylu do are they within a short distance oh yeah they're they're within five feet of you oh okay the, on the map they look no the the farther ones the ones that ran away oh the ones that ran away no they're a good 15 20 feet away from you yeah short distance is up to uh, 50 yeah. feet cool um i am going to chuck one at the okay Actually, before I ask that, my razor ring, is it in the charag that's running away or did it continue forward? Uh, you rolled well enough. That's up to you. 
Uh, I'm gonna say it's in the one that's running away because I'm gonna go after it. <laughs> I'm gonna chuck my razor ring at the one that um, has my razor ring in it. Okay. So that was attacking Helene. All right. Go ahead and roll. Um, and I'm gonna apply effort to this one, even though I'm pretty confident. And I'm gonna apply effort because we know how I roll. Yeah. Don't roll that one. Let's see if it works in here. But I'm gonna take it off my chat anyway. Oh, there we go. Okay. Dang. Cool. You. We're rolling well today. And you more or less. That oh. drops it to zero. It is with, a dead. With that, I'm going to use, just because it sounds cool, um, I'm going to use something called successive attacks. Okay. Uh, if you take down a foe, you can immediately make another turn on the same, another attack on the same turn against a new foe within your reach. The okay. second part attack is part of the same action. Do it. So I'm going to take a whip at the shrug that's attacking um, Charlie. Charlie. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, cool. both, both my blades are gone. Um, and that's still going to be a TD2. <laughs> and I miss. Oh, no. Dang, a four will not make it. And you didn't apply any effort, right? No. Oh, most unfortunate. Okay, that makes it the Chirog's turn. The one that dies is dead, obviously. <laughs> it dies. a little quieter in this portion of the forest. The one that had the glowing eyes turns and looks back at you and you know these are intelligent creatures it marks you in its head Ooh. it it looks enraged but it also is smart enough to know this is not going to work out for it and so it runs away I would have killed it too if it was at the range <laughs> yeah the third one is it just it cannot do anything so and like its movement is super slowed it is going to bite at charlie because charlie is right next to it mm -hmm. and it's kind of desperate but it can no longer do its grapple move so you have the a speed defense at advantage you rolled an 11 okay, I rolled 11 so td3 you are absolutely easily just moving out of its way dope and that takes us back to the top of the order I'm going to look something up so someone else go. Yeah, so um, I think Killian is just going to attack once more mm -hmm. uh, with the bow. And he's going to say, oh, are the knees okay? Uh, as he lets loose uh, another volley of arrows. And with your 11, because of the damage that's already been done, everything is a uh, step lower mm -hmm. so you do hit it and if you do more than three points of damage which i think you do yep, it's a four it is dead Oof. you have killed two of the shirag and one has apparently decided it's a blood feud against rilu and, we haven't finished yet. And it has gotten away. Has it? Oh. I can't chase it? Uh, oh my gosh. Go ahead and roll an int check. For... I'm trying to figure out if I can move and fight at the same time. I think you can if you take a disadvantage. You can. This is going to be a perception roll. And if you'd have to have something that gives you uh, woodland knowledge to be able to tra track this thing. Yeah, I don't have any of that, but I'm going to apply effort. <laughs> Give me a good roll. Are you kidding oh me? Oh my gosh. Yes. How? Yes. Every time. 
there's a one right there. Every time. Oh, oh I can't believe you rolled a one. I almost oh. quit D&D because of this for a while. <laughs> oh, and see, it, Fantasy Grounds lured you in. Why would I want to go after it? it? Gives you because I, I don't leave loose ends. Uh, I feel yeah. like even during this, Charlie's like, Rylou, <laughs> Rylou, <get>, where are you? <laughs> well, so I don't know what happens with that, but what it looks like is Rylou is going to get their blades and they were going to chuck it, but we'll see what the intrusion is. Yeah. Yeah, so you're able to get your blades back and as you are close, you do not see where this creature has hidden itself. When you grab your <laughs> blades out, they are coated in this substance that, you know, it, it's definitely Chirog blood. There is a, a smell on them that you don't seem to be able to clean off. You, you're able to clean the blood off, but there, it seems to have affected the smell of your razor rings, both of them. It's like moldy cinnamon. It's gross. Oh, <laughs> That's a specific smell. Have y'all smelled moldy cinnamon? <laughs> the cinnamon mold, if you get it wet? <laughs> One way to find out, but that's what it smells like. In the ninth world, anything is possible. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they smell they smell of moldy cinnamon, and you cannot seem to get it off no matter how you, much you clean it with the substances you have at hand. I'm, I, I'm not afraid of no ghost or a chirag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you all have killed these? And you are out of combat. There are two dead Chirog there. What do y'all do? Does Charlie know whether or not these are good eats? Because <laughs> we're supposed to be on the road for a little while. <laughs> you know what? Do a percentage roll. Who knows? Some, oh some my gosh. Some that you do are, are tasty. I'll give you a 25% chance. Oh, only 19. So, so yeah. No, they are not good eat all of the muscles that look like red vines are sort of like goopy jelly on the inside so once you cut them they, yeah it's disgusting you could make some weird chirog nasty soup if you wanted to but <laughs> you have successfully pulled a hillian back to you so that's exciting your anines are on the road they're a little foot stompy uh, mm -hmm. Freaked out by all the combat and the the screaming that they heard. Yeah, y'all have had a very truncated lunch. Are you going to stick around? <laughs> what are you thinking? Mm -mm. Doing? Charlie's like, we need to we need to go. Like, there's a lot of sound that was just made around here. We do not want to stick around here any longer than we have to. So, like, as soon as Charlie says that, Hillian's stomach audibly goes. Oh. Charlie has rations and will hand some to to Hillian. Okay. Rylou's just like polishing their weapon and being like, I can't get the smell out. You know what? Never cut through a Chirag tendon. It's disgusting. Those little things on the yeah. back, they leave you smelling like old cinnamon. You can ride downwind from us. That'd be great. Uh, Y'all are heading back to camp and leaving? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Charlie's probably like kind of confused right now because the conversation around Hillian has been like, sweet summer child and take care of him and all this stuff and here like Hillian took pretty well care of himself in that combat <laughs> so charlie's probably a little like 
like her mental piece is like a little bit confused of like why are they so like protective of this of Hillian? Like he seems to like be able to be better on his own than most of us. <laughs> <laughs> that is the dichotomy of Hillian. And also your first exposure was Howlian. Like, right. You saw no part of Hillian so far has Charlie really well, except for probably like the point in the tree and like where Hillian wasn't like really sure like what had happened and seemed really frightened. That's probably like the most vulnerable that Charlie has seen Hillian. Everything else is like, man, I want Hillian protecting me, not the other way around. <laughs> well, I do think you recognize that when uh, Nils was consumed, <laughs> that Howlian is not really good at discriminating against who's a friend or right. So there is that element to their nature. I do think there would have been some conversation around Hillian's needs and when they're Howlian. I just want to broach the subject of these work. You do have two medium creatures, which is what Howlian needs. I don't think Charlie would know that. I think Riley would. Aaron definitely oh. forgot. Riley, Riley definitely does. Was. Yeah. That, that's uh, their bond with Hillian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I also... I cannot think of a way Riley can justify, like, tying a dead being to the back of their knee and just, like, dragging the body down the road. Especially since Charlie's like, these are bad eats. <laughs> right. You don't want to... Why, why are we taking these? I think for Rylu, it's going to be this cost-benefit analysis, which I think they're very good at, of do we take this and risk not having one when we need one tonight, or what do we do? I would poke... Okay, I'm not... Rylu's not good at this whole dri- uh, being outdoors thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> Rylu would pull... Yeah. Rylu would pull um, Charlie aside and be like, all right, so you know that thing that happens to Hillian? Yeah. Yeah, he he needs to eat something about this size without coming back, like, near dead. And sometimes it even helps him transform back. But I don't want to be dragging this dead body through the road. Do you know how to dress this in a way that we could, I, I don't know, give it to him when he transforms tonight? Uh, I, I mean, think, I think... Oh, okay. go ahead. I was going to say, as, as Hillian might be kind of vaguely listening in, um, can Hillian do an intellect check on whether or not dragging one of these would um, fend off other attacks? Absolutely. Oh my god, like intimidation. Ooh. Oh, that's that, another that minor <laughs> effect. You would know that the scent that they give off when they die does not warn anything away. It actually attracts larger predators. Mm. With your minor effect, I'm going to just take that from you right now and give you this bit of information. If you don't take the body, it doesn't matter because Rylu smells like one. Mm. Anyway. I don't think Killian has the, the wherewithal and awareness that Rylu's uh, razor rings are, are coated in scent. I think they just recognize that the smell is all over Rylu. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he... Yeah, he, he notices the smell. He knows that it will attract uh, larger creatures. 
Yeah, he is all over. Yeah, so he um, hears Rylu mention something about dragging one along, and Hillian breaks into the conversation. Oh, no, we can't do that. Can't do that. Too many Jaraskar. Yes, but it's the same smell that's going to happen with these anyway. And I will, like, hold up the rings be like, these things are foul. Maybe we can find some sort of herb or seaweed something that can take this smell away. But I mean, I, we need to get going. Whatever we do is going to attract, I guess I don't know that. This scent is, is, is big enough. I'm sure that we're gonna be noticed but i agree being on the move is better than not okay so is the decision not to take it and just go on well what are charlie's thoughts on it i mean if after what after what rilu just said to her about that this would be something that we would need to help with the whole hollyan thing she has some interest in taking them with now i think she might try to like make something up by saying like while these wouldn't be good for us to consume up the path, there's a place where we could um, bring these and um, offer them up for shins. And if we're going to be carrying the scent with us anyway, it might be valuable for us to take them with. Sounds like a plan. Um, should we, <laughs> should we, I mean, I'm just going to believe you, even if you're lying, it works for me. Should we make a stretcher between our two anines or? I think we could probably just like throw them across the back of an anine, right? They're medium creatures, right? They're pretty big. Yeah, they're medium creatures, the same size as y'all. Just armored and jelly-filled. Well, ew, gross. <laughs> well, Ananine can carry two people, so I feel like we could probably just sling it over the back. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Oh, okay, if you, if you think that's best, then we'll, we'll, we'll do it. But, yeah, Jurassicar. The more shins we have, the more snacks we can get you. That's true. So you get them loaded into your Anines, you have had a not-so-lovely first break at noon, <laughs> and you get back on the road heading out. And as you move on, the road takes you to this area that has what looks like a... It's a small outpost. There is a fire pit set up, and then there is a cabin up on stilts, high enough that it actually goes about three stories up so it's not above the tree line but it's really high and so it's definitely a safe structure and this is designed the space is designed for overnighting the issue is there's no place to corral your anines you can tie them to this outpost so that they don't get away but there's nothing to protect them if you decide to go up to the cabin area riley would pull up beside charlie and say I mean, this is as good a place to stay as any, but given our situation, I don't think we should sleep up there. Howling and locked in such a tight space would be a terrible idea. I think we should stay out here with the Anine. And what we normally did when Tuna was here was we would wait for Hillian to go to sleep on one side and then move to the other side of the road behind the trees and set up a rotating watch between the two of us. Uh, I think that's good, but I think the watch would be best to be done up in the tower. We'll have a much better view. Oh, so once he falls asleep and move up there? That sounds yeah. like a good idea. It is definitely at least dinner time. You all mm -hmm. have set up camp. How's Hillian doing? Hillian is very, very hungry. 
Um, I think that he's gone through um, the majority of his rations and probably a lot of um, Charlie's rations as well. Uh, <laughs> and is starting to look around the area to like rough forage. Alien, stay within eyesight, please. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I'll be right around. You all enact your plans. It is nighttime, and I think that is where we will stop for today. Oh, uh, um, yeah. I, I need to spend my XP for um, the intrusion I got earlier, yeah. and I think I'm going to give that one to Rylu since they had such a a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. So, as always, I'm Kelric, the narrator for this story, doing my best to keep it interesting. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cormalon, that's C-O-R-M-A-L-L-O-N, or at EQ Points. I also monitor our, our main Twitter account. Please feel free to jump in and say hi to us at any time. Hi, um, I'm Aaron. Um, I've been playing Rylu. And um, you can find me over at Space Persona on Twitter, and I've recently started streaming on Twitch. I'm getting a schedule set up in the next two weeks after I graduate, but um, if you want to see me play some Dauntless or some Sea of Thieves, um, go follow me over at uh, twitch.tv forward slash Catalyst, K-A-T-O-L-Y-S. Uh, thanks all for watching. Uh, I'm Cage, and I've been playing Charlie. Um, I am... Also a variety Twitch streamer. You can find me on here at Rage Cage Rugger, R-A-G-E-K-A-G-E-X-R-U-G-G-E-R. Uh, and I also stream Sea Thieves, but um, I also stream Assassin's Creed and many, many other games and cross-stitching as well. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter also as Rage Cage Rugger, but it's R-A-G-E-X-K-A-G-E-X-R-U-G-G-E-R. <laughs> Thank you all so much for uh, for watching and uh, for uh, hanging out. Um, again, my name is Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at Punderdrone. When I'm not here playing your lovable um, Howlian, Hillian person, uh, you can find me uh, GMing our Starfinder game every other Saturday uh, for um, the Experience Points crew. So thank you so much for joining us. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to Cumanera, an Excorians Points podcast. Are your ears burning for another podcast? We cannot recommend enough checking out our sister podcast, Roll to Fail. There are six friends who have no business behind the mic, or even rolling dice. If you like what we create, then you should check out our other two podcasts on our network. The original Excorians Points podcast is a Starfinder game that releases every Wednesday. Stay up to date on all three Excorians Points Network podcasts at EQ Points on Twitter and on ExcoriancePoints.com. Pardon our dust as I continue updates on the website. Thank you so much for listening. Hello and welcome to St. Fleur, where the city is modern, the fantasy is urban, and the faction politics are at an all-time high. Join us in Shadows of St. Fleur as we follow the wizard, Alistair Lockwood. Regret to inform you, I'm not a wizard. I am a master of the arcane arts. The scholar, Jeremiah Roderick Crawford. I'm an earl, you know, and you're a baron. Those words carry some weight. The wolf, Victor Margaret. Victor stands on the bridge in the cold. Fuck. The fae who is known only as Silk. 
Um, do we know if this was a, you know, was a standard mugging? And the vamp, Alex Juro. Quite. Because the first time the door opens, I'm going to push her out. Through their experience in the city. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast with a majority LGBTQ plus cast playing characters finding their way through faction politics, all in pursuit of their own individual goals. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.